Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. There are heavier topics, but this to me is amazing. Now, I get that many of you outside the Pacific Northwest or even some diehard football fans may not be familiar with the name Reek One. Reek One. Now, I'm pretty sure the majority of this audience knows exactly who that is. And even if you can't quite place the name, if I play this iconic soundbite, you will know exactly who Reek is. He said this as a rookie and went instant legend for saying so. Yeah, man, person, it was pretty funny because on TV and stuff, you see him, like, like from college stuff, you like, okay, he look in shape on TV. But you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was an instant classic statement. He went instant legend. He's talking about Russell Wilson. You know, man, you see him on TV and you think he's a stud. But then you see him in person, and he's like, yo, man, he's a sack of potatoes. Like sack One of more potatoes. time, Alvin, the whole thing. Yeah, him in person, it was pretty funny because on TV and stuff, you see him, like, like from college stuff, you like, okay, he look in shape on TV. But you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> you see him in person, it's like weird. I love the way he throws that in. It's like weird. It's like he's a sack of potatoes. You see him on TV when you're in college. You're like, yo, man, he looks pretty athletic. But then you see him in person. It's like weird. It's like like he's a sack of potatoes. potatoes. (laughs) All right, so right then and there, that guy went legend. He said that as a rookie, too, by the way, for glossing a former Seahawks legend, surefire Hall of Famer for a moment, for sure. Cringerous. Sack of potatoes. Still one of my all-time favorite sound bites. Well, dude is once again going viral for another. A legendary exchange that he had with another quarterback who we'd all agree has his best days behind him, but not Dariq. I mean, you think when you think of Reek, he's just about to sack a potato another dude. Nope, not this dude. And this is what I love about Tariq. This is why I dig this cat even more. He didn't get a sick burn in like he did on Cringerous. Not at all. In fact, he went full fanboy this time. Full fanboy after his Seahawks lost to the Rams. When he met the team's opposing quarterback on the field afterwards and went full on fanboy. Now, you might be thinking, Rome, dude, easy, chill. Take it easy, man. This is not uncommon. Young dudes always like to dap up the team's opposing quarterbacks or stars that they grew up watching and admiring. This is not unusual, and I would agree. I would say you're right. However, I would expect that love, at least in that moment, to be shown to Matthew Stafford. That's pretty awesome. That's not what Reek did. That's not the guy that he sought out. That's not the guy he went looking for. He went looking for Carson Wentz. You heard me correctly. And what you're about to hear, I think, is going to blow your mind. It blew my mind. It's amazing. The second I saw this, not only was my mind blown, I thought to myself, this dude just did the impossible. He topped his sack of potatoes moment. Absolutely incredible. You see, my fear was this dude could never, ever top that. 
glossing Russ a sack of potatoes. No joke. Like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime burn, especially coming from a rookie. But then he went and he did it again. Like, what I'm about to play might be just as good, but in a totally different way. Stay with me, clones. This shows his sick versatility. But again, it's not a sick burn. It's quite the opposite. Check out the rising star and legend, Reek, geeking the hell out over meeting Carson Wentz. Listen to this. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell you big yeah. as hell. I'm what supposed to fuck? be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't, gonna, I, I ain't even gonna be a fangirl right now, too, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend, too, bro. Hell yeah. Real. Nice to meet you, man. So I'm to read, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. All right, that does not begin to do it justice. Number one, you have to see it on video to fully understand it. Alvin, before I even unpack that, can you play it back again? Because there's a whole lot going on very quickly. The audio is not pristine. Listen so intently, though, to what this dude says to Carson Wentz, of all people. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't ain't even gonna be a fangirl right now, too, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend, too, bro. Hell yeah. For real. Nice to meet you, man. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. You big as hell in person? He started that exchange with you big as hell in person. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely incredible. Where do I even start? Other than stating the fact that I had already forgotten that Carson Wentz was a Ram. I mean, damn. I bet Reek hit the field Sunday, and from kickoff until the game ended, he probably had trouble focusing and couldn't wait for the game to end just so he could go meet his idol, Carson freaking Wentz. He told Carson Wentz, quote, I'm not trying to be a fangirl. A fangirl. I'm trying to be a fangirl right now, too, bro. Fangirl right now, bro. Holy cap, bro. Wentz should be talking to you like that, not the other way around. By the way, my guy, you do know that you were talking to a washed Carson Wentz and not a 28-year-old John Elway, right? Or Dan Marino in his prime, right? Or Peyton Manning in his prime, right? Reek, Reek. You're the only legend in this exchange. No wonder the Seahawks blew a nine-point fourth-quarter lead. How the hell could they not when one of their young stars was about to meet his idol? He says, fangirl, brah. I don't want to be a fangirl. I ain't even going to be a fangirl right now, too, bro. I'd say more like a 12-year-old girl who just got to meet Taylor Swift. But even that wouldn't do it justice. Has anybody ever in any walk of life, ever been more pumped to meet anybody else, much less Carson Wentz. I mean, listen to this exchange one more time. It's absolute gold. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell you big yeah. as hell. I'm what supposed to fuck? be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't, gonna, I, I ain't even gonna be a fangirl right now, too, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend, too, bro. Hell yeah. For real. Nice to meet you, man. So I'm to read, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. Me? Me, if you listen to that thing, there's something you pull from it every single time. It gets better every single time. Now, here's the thing. Here is where I'm a little confused. Either this dude was completely serious, completely serious, saying things like, you're big as hell in person, no cap, and it's just going on and on, 
which makes it awesome in and of itself. But how about this twist? What if he was just pimping Wentz? What if he hooked me and everybody else with one of the greatest trolls ever? What if he thought to himself or said to his boys, yo, check this. Watch me roll up on that scrub Wentz. Watch this, dude. Are there cameras? Watch this, man. Watch me roll up on that scrub Wentz. You think I did russet dirty? Watch this. You think I did russet dirty? Watch hey, this. Watch this. Hey, yo, man, you're you big as hell in person. You legend. Me, dude. What if that's was? What if that's what he was thinking? I mean, holy crap! It's already amazing in and of itself. But if that were his mindset, I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying I don't know. But what if it was? Then it would be 100 times better than it's already, already is, and already is one of the best things ever. And then he'd be my favorite human being ever. So I'm going to play it one more time, and you tell me, is this complete sincerity? Is he being genuine, or is this the most awesome troll job ever? Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't ain't even going to be a fangirl right now. Chill, bro. Okay, here's the thing. He did say no cap. If you listen to it, he said no cap, no cap. So I want to believe that it's the greatest troll job I've ever seen in my life. But he said no cap, no cap. So he must actually mean it, right? Unless there was... Enough cap that even LaCap himself could appreciate all that cap. Because all LaCap does is cap. We do. No cap, bro. You a legend too, bro. I, I literally cannot get enough of this exchange. Now, you might be thinking, Rome, dude, easy. Or you might be thinking, I'm right, because I am. How about Reek telling Wentz, you're big as hell in person. A stud NFLer. Telling a washed quarterback, man, you are big as hell in person. Now you big as hell in person. Me? And this is something what a fan would say rolling up on an NFL player, right? Some like average Joe. Man, you're big as hell in person. Not some stud NFL player. I mean that. That's one of the funniest lines ever. That's one of the funniest moments ever. Put this dude in Canton for that line. You're big as hell in person. Now you big as hell I don't think I have loved a young athlete like this since early in my career when Terrell Buckley was my dude. And if you're old enough to remember, you know T-Buck was my guy on the way up. Also, how about this, real quick. How about him introducing himself at the end to Carson Wentz? He says, quote, I'm Tariq, bro. Nice to meet you. Go ahead, Albie. I'm Tariq, bro. I'm Tariq, bro. Nice to meet you. Incredible also. Dude, Wentz should be asking for your gamer, legend. No freaking introduction necessary, legend. Especially to that guy who was on the street like five minutes ago. Reek, you're the legend. You don't introduce yourself to Carson Wentz. Wentz only hopes he gets the opportunity to introduce himself to you. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell uh, yeah, nice to meet you. 
Like, when was the last time anybody was that happy to see Carson Wentz? Ever? Anyone? His own family? I, I don't even get the connection. I mean, Reek, dude, you're from Texas. You played your college ball in Texas. What's his connection to Carson Wentz? I'm also wondering, have you watched Wentz play since 2017? Hey, but whatever, man. I don't care. I love it. I love it. Hey, Carson, if I were you, I would send this cat an autographed gamer. I don't even care which of the 11 teams that you play for that it comes from. You're lucky you still have a fan, Carson, much less a legend like Tariq. And Reek, just know this, dude. And not to be creepy because I'm old enough to be your grandfather, but just know this. I love you, dude. I think I love you even more than you love Carson Wentz. Unless you don't love Carson Wentz and you're trolling the hell out of him. And then I love you even more. Then you're the freaking goat. I don't know. What if he got confused? Maybe he got his Carsons confused. Maybe he thought that he was Carson Palmer. I mean, on the totem pole of Carsons, is Wentz even on it? Johnny Carson, Carson Palmer, Bud Carson, every city or every citizen from the city of Carson, California. You got to include Wayne Newton, right? His actual name is Carson. Hell, Chunky Carson Daly is looking down on Wentz. I ain't even going to be a fan girl right now, too, bro. Wow, Rome. Like that much? Yes. Yes. It's incredible. Find the video. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Appreciate it so much. All right, so here we are Wednesday, and we're still talking about that Monday night matchup between Philly and Kansas City. Michael, let me start with the Eagles. They go into a hostile environment. They come out with a gritty win. They move to 9-1. and one, But does this year's 9-1 and one feel like last year's 9-1 and one to you? Well, no, because last year they scored 204 points in the second quarter, and this year they've scored 68. They were dominating teams last year. Now they're just winning, and we tend to grade these wins like we're over in the Olympics. You know, we throw out the Russian judge. We put the Polish judge over here and the Armenian judge here. It's like it's a win. It's hard. It's hard to win NFL games. It really is. People think it is, and it is. That's why Marty Schottenheimer has 200 career wins, one of eight men, and he can't get in the Hall of Fame because people think it's easy to win regular season games. It's hard. And they've done it really well. And, you know, they beat a team that they were fortunate to win because the Chiefs made mistakes. You know, we're so used to the Chiefs' margin of victory being large because of their explosive offense, because of the way they call the game and the way they get in front of people. But that's not this year's Chiefs. This year's Chiefs is built on defense, and their margin for error offensively is small. So when they have two red zone turnovers and they drop a deep touchdown pass, they're vulnerable to get beat. Michael Lombardi joining us, you're right. It's so unusual and so out of character to see them play like that offensively. Michael, is that something that ultimately they can still clean up, or is this who they are, and is it going to be their undoing? Well, I think this. I think you, as Bill Parcells often said, right around Thanksgiving, you got to know who you are as a football team, right? 
And I think Andy Reid does know that. He doesn't have an explosive offense, right? You take Kelsey out. The longest pass play the other day was 17 yards. They drop way too – they lead the league and drop passes. Mahomes is playing well, turns the ball over too much, tries to force it because he's trying to make plays. But I think they know who they are. Their defense is really good. And their special teams can be good, especially the return game when Tony gets going. So they're going to have to play three, – three parts of their team have got to play really well to win. And, you know, they've only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. They went, they've gone three games without scoring in the second half. Three games without scoring any points. Forget a field goal. Any points in the second half. So this is who they are. You're not going to change it. They're not going to get explosive. But you as a play caller, you as the head coach, have to adapt it. I'll tell you the other thing. Miami's very similar, very, very similar, Jim, to what Kansas City is, although no one would believe it because Miami's offense is so explosive and people have a perception of Miami. But when you study Miami over the last four weeks, they average 20 points a game. They have not been able to run the ball. They average 74 yards rushing, right? They can't convert third downs. They haven't been able to do that all year. They're winning because their defense has allowed them to win. Their offense hasn't been as good. I think what you just said, Mike, was so interesting. And I was going to ask you about Miami because we've got the NFL's first ever Black Friday game coming up in a couple of days. And then they're going up against the Jets defense that we know is very good. Michael, ultimately, where do you come out on Zach Wilson? For instance, do you think that he's got a future someplace else in the NFL as a starting quarterback? Or would you deem him a bust and beyond repair already? Well, I don't think you could say he's a bust in terms of arm strength, athleticism, and athletic ability, right? Where I think he has been disappointing is how much does he love football? How much does he want to be great? How much does he want to do the, the, the mundane things over and over again to improve his career? How hungry is he to be a star? You know, and I don't see that with him. I think he, ha- he lacks competitive stamina. I think the longer the season goes, he, has a, he had a hard time of being able to maintain his level of play. And he never seems to get better. He's year three, and he's still making the same mistakes he made in year one. And that tells me that he's not vested. That that tells me he's not all in. That that he teases you with his athleticism, but his competitive stamina just doesn't allow him to take it to the next level. Look, you can research, and we do on the Daily Coach, research any elite competitor. And they have this will to get better. They have this urgency to become great. They're never going to settle for second place. They would never settle for anything less than the best of themselves. And when I watch Zach, when I watch his body language, when I watch him maneuver around, I see a guy that's almost indifferent. And in five years from now, if you told me Netflix is going to have a documentary on Zach Wilson's career and he's going to say, look, I never really loved football, I would believe it. Hmm. Michael Lombardi joining us. Now, nobody would ever say that, Michael, about Tom Brady, who made headlines this week. He said, Michael, quote, he sees a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right now. He went on to say that offensive players even have a responsibility to better protect themselves. Do you agree with these statements, or on some level does it seem pretty hypocritical that the rules he seems to be talking about were put in place to protect guys like him? I, I think he, I think he's right in this sense, Jim. The collective bargaining agreement that the players negotiated, uh, where the coaches aren't allowed to develop talent in the offseason, has really hurt the game. We need to develop offensive linemen. Offensive line play in the National Football League is at an all-time low. 
And a lot of that is because we lost that ability to spend February, March, and April working with offensive linemen in an indoor facility on their fundamentals and techniques. Now, it's our own fault. I mean, everybody was having too many camps. The players were working too hard in the offseason. But the lack of ability to develop offensive linemen, which is a developed position. I mean, that, why do you see some seventh-round picks that make teams and you see guys that, you know, come from the street? It's a developed position based on toughness, fundamentals, and techniques. And when you don't work on that, that becomes a problem. I agree with them on the other issue. I think we have a lot of offensive coaches that will forsake protection just to get five guys in a round. I mean, look, are you shocked that Sam Howell is still on two feet? How many hits has Sam Howell taken? It's remarkable. He's getting protected, and he's getting hit at a rapid rate. And it isn't like, you know, they're doing – I mean, they, they're sixth best team in the National Football League in yards per attempt rushing. They're 31st in rushing per game. They don't want to run the ball. They take great pride in never running it, but they don't care about their quarterback getting hit. And you wonder why they're losing games? You know, everybody made a big deal of Mike McCarthy. Oh, you know, he's taking over the play call. It's Kel Moore's a 10 times better play caller, yada, yada, yada. Well, here's what Mike McCarthy did. He managed the game. His defense plays 27 minutes. His offense is on the field for 33 minutes. He's played – his defense has played 100 less plays than his offense. There's a strategy to that, and that's allowing you to help play complementary football. Now, it doesn't work all the time. He lost to Dallas. He got beat by Arizona. He, you know, but the reality of it is, is that's what Brady's talking about. How are we managing the game? How are we protecting the players? It's hard to go into a game and throw it. He's going to go – Sam Howell's going to go down to Dallas, and he's going to try to throw it 40 times. You want Mike, Micah Parsons coming after you 40 times a game? I don't think so. Not especially when you consider how many hits how it's already taken. I don't want to give it away, Michael, but I've got a podcast I'm going to release later on today, and I spoke to Mark Schlereth, great offensive lineman. He said almost exactly what you just said verbatim. I mean, word for word about developing players and players not because of the collective bargaining agreement. You don't have as much time to develop these players. He said almost exactly the same thing you just said. It's uncanny. Let me ask you this. When you, you know Bill Belichick really, really well from your years of working with him. Just before I let you go, and I want to ask you about your book too, do you think that ultimately he can fix the Patriots where they are or are he and Bob Kraft going to both decide that it's better they go their separate ways? How does that play out? Well, I think a lot of it depends on what the rules of engagement are and, and you know, where they see this organization going and how the vision of the owner wants it to go. But I definitely think he can rebuild it. Look, the quarterback, you know, played well as a rookie, didn't play well last year, and has played really poorly this year, along with some other factors. I think Dietrich Wise said it best. They're, they have a, a horrible record. They're not a bad team. They've had opportunities to win some games in the stretch. They just haven't been able to make the plays at the positions they need to make them. So I do think he still has it. And I, I know him personally that he has a love of the game. He's, he's at the top of his job and loves his job. Uh, it's not a fluke they won six Super Bowls. Certainly they had great players, but he's still a great coach, and I think he'll keep coaching. All right, so I mentioned you are the author of a new book, Football Done Right. Its subtitle is Setting the Record Straight on Coaches, Players, in the History of the NFL. By the way, it's a great gift idea for the holidays with them right around the corner. What exactly do you cover in the book, Michael? Well, what I try to do is kind of dispel a few myths, right? I, I, wanna, I want people to understand – where football started. And I start with the white, what I call the white oaks, which are the 
the trees and the foundation of the coaching trees in the National Football League. Everybody comes from a tree and how that tree got developed and who are the best coaches in the league. If it wasn't for the great Paul Brown, we wouldn't have a coaching profession. If it wasn't for Paul Brown, we wouldn't scout. If it wasn't for Paul Brown, we wouldn't have game plans. We wouldn't have helmets. We wouldn't have communication from the sideline to the field. He was an innovator. And I don't think we as a National Football League recognize some of the people that have done some incredible things. Jim, when I got on the team bus in San Francisco, I had to sit behind Bill Walsh. And when I sat behind him, he would often be doodling Clark Shaughnessy plays. Who's Clark Shaughnessy, people say? Well, Clark Shaughnessy is the reason why we have the quarterback position in the National Football League. I mean, we don't honor him. He's in the College Hall of Fame. He's not in the pro. He is truly a pioneer to our league. And so I want to tell that story. I want to tell the impact of television and why this game, for a perfect example, 28 million and some people watched the game the other night. Television has grown the game. Brett Musburger, Howard Cosell, John Madden were instrumental in that. Great drafts. And then I ranked the top 100 players. So it's kind of an overview of the game of football through my eyes and how I saw it grow how I was involved with it, and why I think some of these players deserve Sterling Sharp, belongs in the Hall of Fame. Marty Schottenheimer, belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think it's an injustice to some of those people. It really quickly, Michael, I, I loved Sterling Sharp as a player. Loved him. In fact, he, he would come on this show when he didn't do a lot of media. I was fascinated by him. What's your argument for him being in the Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, he just got his career cut short, which is fine, but so did Terrell Davis. So did Tony Baselli, and they put them in. Like, the guy had Brett Favre for one year, two years. He's, he's making plays with Don Majakowski. I mean, this guy was a dominant receiver. And unfortunately, he even was playing with a neck injury, and he played through it. But don't tell me, you know, you put Tony Baselli in the Hall of Fame, and he was a great player. But, you know, he had, a Hall of, he had Hall of Fame years. Did he have a Hall of Fame career based on everybody else? Same thing with Terrell Davis. You know, great player, but you're saying he had a Hall of Fame career. He only played seven years. Like, why are we cheating Sterling Sharp out of that? Sterling Sharp was tremendous, and he did have that neck injury and played through it. Michael Lombardi joining us. His book is called Football Done Right. The subtitle is Setting the Record Straight on Coaches, Players, in the History of the NFL. It is available right now, and there is so much more in that book. I know I've read it. Michael, really appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, and always great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jim. Anytime. The holiday season is in full swing. It's here, and so is the responsibility of showing up strong with the right holiday gift. Clones, look no further than sending Omaha Steaks. They have you covered with guaranteed perfection during their Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use my full name, Jim Rome, as your promo code at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. 50% off and $30 more off? Can you beat that? Score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their mouth-watering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. That's a holiday gift favorite. Or send their easy-to-prepare meals and carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make those receiving these gifts very happy recipients. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor and endless value. Visit omahasteaks.com and save big with 50% off site-wide. Plus, use the promo code JIMROME spelled as one word at checkout and get that extra 30 bucks off your order hurry because the black friday and cyber monday deals at omaha steaks are for a limited time only that's omahasteaks.com promo code jim rome at checkout
Eli Drinkwitz. Eli, it is great to have you back on. Eli, what's going on? How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Always good to be on or in the jungle. And uh, appreciate you making time for me today. Oh, man, I appreciate you making time for me. And it's always great to have you in the jungle. So many great things going on with Missouri football right now. I mentioned a top 10 ranking. You're going to a bowl game for the fourth straight year. You've assured yourself a winning record. I mean, you've got this thing headed in the great and the right direction. If you had to pinpoint one or two of the biggest reasons why this program is where it is right now, what would they be? It's player-led. It's 100%. Um, the, the leadership of our team, whether you're talking about Cody Schrader, Brady Cook, Darius Robinson, um, Tyron Hopper, Javon Foster, when your best players are your best leaders, it creates a connection amongst your team and your staff and a belief in each other. And, and that's, that, that to me is the whole thing right now. You know, we've got some unbelievable stories about players who are, um, I mean, Cody Schrader is a walk-on Division II transfer from Truman State that's leading the SEC in rushing. Um, he's had seven straight 100-yard games. He's a semifinalist for the Dope Walker Award. He's one of the best running backs in college football. Um, but he, 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 hasn't been that, he, he hasn't been given that because of hype. He did it. He earned it. You know, Brady Cook was, was tarred and feathered last season. I mean, he was booed at our own home games at, when he was introduced as the starter and now he leads the student section after we beat Florida. And it's, again, not because of hype all offseason. I mean, there, there's a couple of quarterbacks we played this year that were said to be the most talented quarterback in the country, and yet our guy just goes out there and works and has earned everything that he's been given. And, and that, I, that, to me, is why – we're such a good story in college football. Yeah, exactly. One of the best stories, and there's so many great stories within that one big story. Eli Drinkwitz is joining us. You know, I was going to ask you about Brady. So the guys showed tremendous heart and grit in coming back to beat Florida. What about that? A 12-play, 62-yard drive in the final 90 seconds, engineered by Brady Cook, that sets up the game-winning yeah. field goal. I mean, does that drive not, and you talked about him, but does that drive not fully encaps- encapsulate perfectly who he is, and what he has brought to the program since becoming the starter last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about this, too. Like, in our two losses, Brady's had the ball in his hand, and for whatever reason, it did go our way, right? We had a sack fumble against LSU. We, we had an interception thrown to a D lineman against Georgia. And you're sitting there like, oh, here we go again. Brady's out there on the last drive. And instead, it's fourth and 17, and he makes the biggest throw of his career. And, you know, you just look in his eyes, and he has no fear. Um, he believes in himself. He believes in his teammates. And, you know, that was a hell of a throw, and it was a great throw. But, man, the two throws after that are as good as it gets, as accurate and as precise a throw and executed plays as you can have to really give the thicker kicker uh, a chip shot <laughs> field goal to win the game. And, again, it's just it's a story of uh, refusal. I said it the other day, stubborn refusal to quit. Like, he just won't quit. He just won't give up on himself. And we won't let him give up on himself. And uh, he, he's, uh, he's proven to be more than capable, more than talented. Um, he's got the right mindset. And, man, it's been, it's been a, for me, it's been awesome. I just get to sit on the sideline and watch these guys bail my ass out. 
Eli Drinkwitz joining us. You mentioned the thicker kicker. I was going to get there. Harrison Mevis nailed the game-winning kick with five seconds left. I mean, we almost never, ever talk about a college kicker, but this dude is so good, so good that he has two nicknames. You hit on one of them, the thicker kicker at 243. You also call him Money Mevis because he's made so many big kicks for you. I can't remember the last time I asked a major college coach what his kicker has meant to the program. In fact, I don't think I've ever asked any college coach what his kicker has meant to the program. So there's a first for everything. What has Money Mevis, the thicker kicker, meant to the Tigers? Well, 243, that, that's being real generous, okay? I mean, he's well over 250. I think he's just trying to uh, protect himself a little bit. But uh, he, he is uh, he means the world to our program. He's just got such a great personality and calmness to him. Um, but crud, I mean, Money Mevis, if it wasn't for Money Mevis, I probably still wouldn't be in a job. You know, so that's that's why we're calling Money Mevis. Uh, but no, he he's always on the money. He's right on time, and he delivers when 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 it's needed. Eli, I know you constantly hammer home three letters to your players: STP, STP. Yep. In this context, what do those three letters stand for, and how do they relate to your team? Yeah, so STP is our model, something to prove. And um, you know, throughout the whole off season, we've heard about all the different. Uh, prognosticators and predictions of what we were. Um, and we wanted to prove the doubters wrong. But as we got into it, it really became we wanted to prove to each other that they were right to believe in the brotherhood. And it really became more about an internal motivation to not let the brotherhood down than it became about proving to people outside of here that we were better. Like, we, we kind of got over that. It kind of became like, man, I just want to prove – to Brady Cook and to Cody Schrader and to Darius Robinson and to Chris Abramstrain and to J.C. Carlisle and to Javon Foster that, man, it was worth it for you to come back for another year. To prove to Luther Burden, man, I know all these schools were trying to get you to go in the portal and offering you all a lot more, but, man, we appreciate you staying committed to us. And uh, we just wanted to prove it to each other every day that it was worth the commitment and worth uh, believing in us. I love that, right? Like you can either try to prove people wrong, the haters wrong, or you can try to prove the people who believe in you right. Both work, both are powerful, and it sounds like you've done a little bit of both. Let me ask you this. Not only have you changed the culture and the energy of that program internally, but the student body and the community have responded with the same intensity with five straight sellouts. What's the buzz feel like, and then how gratifying is it to see your fans show up and show out like they are in Columbia? Yeah, it's just been an awesome resurgence. We knew it was here. Um, we knew, you know, we knew that what Tiger Stadium could be and what 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 Mizzou could be, and and um, you know, we'd seen glimpses of that. Dennis Gates has done an outstanding job with our basketball program, and I think we just kind of carried over that momentum, um, and, and we've kind of exceeded the expectations that our fans had for us, and and it's it's just been really cool to see, um, and you know. Now, now it's we're on to that next motto, which is why stop now? Like, why, why stop? Let's keep going. Let's not get satisfied. Let's keep pressing the envelope. Let's keep pushing. And, uh, you know, as much fun as we've had this season, man, Friday is a huge game for us. And we've got to um, refocus and run to that fight sat, uh, Friday and make sure we bring our best game. I know. I know what you did there. I see what you did there, and I agree with that. I love that line, by the way. We're going to run to that fight. we got to run to that fight. Let me ask you this really quickly, and then I'll ask you about Arkansas and turning loose. But when you say that you exceeded the fans' expectations, I'm sure 100%, right? 100%. Yeah. But, but 
did you exceed your own? Like when you say we knew what we had here, we knew what we could do here. Did you see becoming a top 10 team and even better there? Did you see that? I fully believed in the, the talent on this team. Um, we had 32 players that had played five or more games in college football, and I knew we were going to be deep enough, and I knew we, we were going to be talented enough. I just You just never know what kind of connection your team's going to make. And when Harrison hit that 61-yarder versus K-State to win the game, I knew we were going to have a special season because um, it's like in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. Like I knew we had a belief in the team, um, but when he hit that field goal and, and you saw the action behind the belief and, and that comes together, I'm like, yep. We're gonna we're gonna do something special. Now you know you're in the midst of something really special. Like you understand that because you're a little bit older than the kids. You've had that experience. You know what's happening. You understand what's happening. So finally, you run to the fight Friday night. You've got Arkansas. They have just four wins, but and I know you believe this. It would be foolish to overlook them or underestimate them, especially when they've got that dual threat quarterback DJ Franks under center. What challenges will he and that Arkansas offense present you? in that battle line rivalry yeah i mean their quarterback has been giving us fits for four seasons he's a you know he's been a four-year starter he plays he's got great uh, ball skills he can really run but the bottom line is it's a rivalry game and you can throw the records out in, in their senior day they're going to play with a ton of emotion they just you know re-up their, their their head coach they know the direction their program's going in and it's like this is like their first uh, the start of a new, you know, really a new season for them. And so we got to run to that fight and we got to match their intensity. Um, we're going to have to play turnover free football. We're going to have to really tackle the quarterback. Um, and we're going to have to play solid in special teams. It, here's the thing in the SEC, every team has got NFL players uh, that can take over a game. And if you don't bring your best, if you don't play uh, complimentary football, you can get embarrassed in a hurry. And so our team understands that. I, I think we've, we've been overlooked before. Um, and so from our perspective, we don't overlook or underestimate anybody. We understand that everybody's got talent and something to prove, and, and we got to believe in ourselves, and we got to prove it to ourselves that we're capable of doing this too. And they would absolutely love nothing more as a rivalry matchup to wreck a dream season for you, and I know you know that, and I know that's why you're going to run to that fight. Missouri is one of the best stories in college football. Again, 9-2 and two overall, 5-2 and two in SEC play, number 9 in the college football playoff rankings, and a big one against Arkansas Friday. Eli, I appreciate you so much. I know it's a busy week. Great to have you back in the jungle. Good luck on Friday, and I hope we can do it again soon. We will. M-I-Z. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details let's do this you can do it by phone you can do it by x you can do it by email make it count if it's good much like logan logan said to me yo pop how long is the segment i said if you suck it will be very short same with the beef segment if it's not good it will be very short if it's as good as i expect it to be we'll probably get to the bottom of the hour let's rock first stop let's go to the phones 
I always say it. It's one of my favorite towns. And many of you always say, Rome, what is the story behind Baco? Why are you always hyping Bakersfield? To which I say, it's deeply personal. It's private. When the time is right, I will tell you why Baco is the town. In the meantime, whenever I see Bakersfield on my screen, I go there. Drew in Baco. Drew, what's your beef? Hi, Jim. Uh, my beef is with people who floss their teeth at the dinner table. Jim, these domestic terrorists make Hamas look like the Latter-day Saints. I'm being held hostage in my neighbor's house, and I can't reach the door because he's volleying salvos of tiny chunks of chewed shawarma at me from across the table. Send Jessica Chastain to negotiate my unconditional release. I'm out. Late. Drew in Bakersfield. 1-800-636-8686. Bako. Bako. Bako gonna Bako. Bako gonna Bako. My man Bryce Horton lives in Baco. Baco gonna Baco. Let's go. What up, Bryce? Let's go to Rich in Philly. Rich, what's your beef? Romy Rome. My beef is with those generic Viagra ads late at night on the sports channels and the guys they use to pitch them. These guys are some of the sweatiest, greasiest, unattractive guys they could have possibly used. And now you're left with the mental image of these desperate-looking dudes trying to get some with their 87-cent Sedanafil. Stop. I got to go to sleep. Stop. My eyes. My eyes. I'm out. Rack him. Had a boy, Rich. Had a boy. Greasy, unattractive dudes with their 87 cent Viagra pill trying to get nice. My eyes. My eyes. I think we're two for two. Philly going to Philly. Bako going to Bako. 1 800 636 8686. Check it out. A former smack-off champ. I love it when the champs come around for the beef segment. I love it when the champs come around anyway. But this former champ's coming around for the beef. We go to NoCal. Victor. Victor, what's your beef? Rome, happy Thanksgiving. I got beef, bro. My beef is that all these modern-day sports team names nowadays, it seems like they all have to be these abstract nouns that can't even be pluralized, you know? So, like, team names are no longer the Lions and Tigers and Bears. No, now it's always names like the Milwaukee Force, the Orlando Rain, the Chicago Courage, the Portland Stench, the Cleveland Steam. And their mascot is something really dumb, you know, like a little brown locomotive emerging out of a dark tunnel. That's my beef, bro. I like it. Nice job, Vic. Three for three. I like it. Responsible. Didn't get run. Good stuff. 1-800-636-8686. As I always say, the best thing about the beef segment, all 50 participate. Let's go to Erie, PA. Will and Erie, good to have you. Willie, what's your beef? Hey, Jim, my beef is with the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I mean, what the hell are people doing watching other people walk down the street with a big balloon? Train pulling into station thinks it's boring and outdated. They'd be better off clearing the streets for a new Jardians commercial. I'd like to war. Bro. Bro. I was about to rack you too. Nice job. Nice job just trying to slide that in. Just trying to slip that in. I was going to so agree with you. It's one of the things DJ and I do not agree on. DJ is all about the parade life. She loves watching the parades on TV. 
She loves watching the parades in person. DJ loves the parade life. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't like parades at all. I agree with you, bro. They are so boring. But still not a reason to invoke the DJ life. Or the J, the JN life. Not the DJ life. You can invoke that if you want. Thank you, Albie. JN. Stop doing that. You know what it is? Like Magic Line 6. Every time somebody drops, I go back there. Let's go to the Bay Area. Gino in San Francisco. Gino, what is your beef? Hey, Rome. My beef is with these a-holes on the freeway exit that's time is so much more important than mine that they can butt right up to the very front of a line of 20 or 30 cars. Uh, that's my beef for today. War, Kyle Brandt, doing a great job on the football, and thanks for your show so much, Rome. You got it, Gino. Thank you very much. I personally, I don't have that in me. When I used to make that run through the 405-101 interchange, there was that gigantic line that you had to get in. And there's always that one a-hole, like he said, that's got no qualms about cutting the whole line and just jamming right up in there. No conscience, like no morality, no ethics. Like, I, I just don't have it in me. Definitely no class. I mean, it takes an all-time D-bag when you know people have been waiting in that line 15 minutes. That you're just going to skip that line. And then you've, there's always that one moment where you're like, hell no, I'm not letting that guy in. Hell no. But that dude is willing to risk his front, his front fender. And inevitably, your car is nicer, so you don't want that. I mean, basically, you're a D-bag. You're a bad guy. You have no class. I hate that. I hate that. I agree with you. And then they'd be like, yeah, well, you know what you are, Rome? You're a puss because you wait in line, man. You're a punk. Even Dr. Jan would be like, you know, you're going to get in line there? I'm like, yeah, kind of. So anyway, I don't live there anymore. I no longer have to deal with that anymore. But that's something. The hot hand, line six. Ever since we've done this, we've never done it like this. Every call so far has come off one line. We're playing the hot hand. Line six. One drops off. One comes on. They don't wait. Lyndon Washington on line six. Ken, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with people that throw me in on a group chat, and then two of them decide to have a conversation off the side on the group chat, and it's just blowing my phone up, and I can't get out of it. Dude, 100%. Rack him. I'm not going to lie to you. Rack him. Don't like group chats. Unless, unless I start it, I don't like group chats. And then the reply all, and then you're in it, and then... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say exactly what I do with group chats. Trash and junk. Trash and junk. And then I start blocking the numbers. Yeah, Rome, but what if it's family? No, especially if it's family. Family. Yeah, but what if there's an emergency and they need you and you've blocked them? Well, you shouldn't have started some group chat. I agree with him. Tommy, do we play the hot hand? So far, we haven't missed. Nope, that's the end of that. All right, let's go somewhere else. 1-800.
636-8686. This dude says he's in Spain. All right, I'll play along. Glenn in Spain. Glenn, before I ask you your beef, dude, you're not really in Spain. Jimmo, yes, I am. I'm stationed at the naval base in Rota, Spain. Bro. I'm working at the hospital. Okay, I love it. I take that back. I'm sorry. Dude, great to have you. What is your beef? Romy, I work in the medical field, and my beef is with fat people who take offense to getting their weight taken when asked to step on the scale. Hey, fat ass. Get off the couch, lay off the fast food, and go to a gym if you're so ashamed that I read your weight for medical purposes. Thanks, Jim. Out. My brother. Happy Thanksgiving. Rack him. Rack him. Rack him. He's like, I'm a medical professional. I need you to get on the scale for medical purposes and so I can diagnose you and so we can get it in the chart. Yeah, nah, I don't feel good about myself. I don't want to do that. Then get the hell off the couch and move. Push away from the table. And that's somebody who's a, quote, medical professional chastising and admonishing, quote, fat asses. All right, back at it. Banging telephone calls. Rolling phone calls. Let's go to Sacktown. This is not the first time this guy's been here. And sadly, it will not be the last. I know his deal. Sacktown, Ryan, Ru- Ryan, ho, 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 Ryan, what's your beef? Hey, Jim, I've got to throw the challenge flag on that first beef. I don't quite understand how people in Bago floss when they don't have teeth. But anyways, uh, my beef is with every dude that sits on their lady's lap in public. Brah. Nice job, Ryan. That's what I mean about you, Ryan. Just stay in your lane, dude. Know your brand. Stay in your lane. Your lane is cracking on other towns that are seen the same way as your town, yet you see yourself as so much better than those towns, i.e. Baco. Quote, why is that guy in Baco having a beef with people flossing at the dinner table when nobody in Baco has teeth? That's funny for you, Ryan. Stay in your lane. Oh, 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 Ryan. Every time you call outside the beef segment and try to make an actual call to the actual show, it goes horribly for you. Los Gatos. Max. Good to have you, Max. What's your beef? So, Jim, my beef with my girlfriend wanted me to take her to any Niner game when she finds someone on the opposing team, quote, hot. It's like you want me to drop 500 bucks a ducket so you can catch a glimpse at this dude from like 500 feet wearing a helmet. Just Google them, babe. Or stalk them on Instagram like I do your sister. Oh, dude. Come on, Max. Hey, Max. I <laughs> Wow. I guess better to look at the opposing sideline than to look at your sideline and see C-Mac, right? Wow, man. You did not just threaten to, quote, do her sister. Pretty dirty pool. one 800 It's the beef segment. I've said everything is good except for the JN and the bathroom. Let's go to Fort Lauderdale. Victor. Good to have you, Victor. What's your beef? 
How are you, man? Good, dude. Been How about you? The show for many, many years. First time calling. Nervous as hell. But my beef is with terms and conditions. If you don't agree to them, you can't get the service. Bought my phone, iPhone, and if I don't agree with the terms and conditions, it just won't work. Sucks, brah. Later. I'm with you, Vic. In fact, it's gotten to the point where I hate to lie, so I won't. I don't even read the terms and conditions. I just check the box for the same reason you just mentioned. I want the iPhone. Like it gets longer and longer and longer and longer, so I go right to the box and I check it. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried Rough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal. And it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? 1-800-636-8686. 1-800-636-8686. Staying on the phones. Got to go to Buffalo. Have to go to Buffalo. Max in Buffalo. Max, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. Uh, my beef is with the bet fifteen twenty here in Buffalo. I was trying to listen to the Jim Rome show yesterday, and right in the middle of you and, uh, you and Logs' segment, I got cut off, and I had to listen through the Buffalo to the UB Bulls basketball game. Mm. They ended up getting destroyed. It wasn't even worth it. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving, Rome. I'm out. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. Sorry about that. I can't really control what the local stations do. I am really grateful for any local station that carries the program. But I agree with you. I mean, if you're going to preempt me for a local team, hopefully your local team wins. At least you get the dub. But... I appreciate them carrying the show. It's too bad. You missed a really good segment. It, it, was, it was one of my favorite segments of hosting the show for 30 years. It, it was really special. Jake Rome is going to work, knock out a work day in Madison, get on a plane, come home. He's like, yo, Pop, can't wait to see you, Pop. I'm like, what time does your plane get in, Jake? I don't know, 10-ish, 11. I'm like, Pop will be out for two hours by then. See you tomorrow, son. Because Pop is going to bump into a 42 right around 4 p.m. after Pop gets off the Peloton. The chances of Pop still being awake at 11 o'clock are none. I'm going to try. I'll get my best effort. Got to go to Philly. You know I'm going to Philly. John in Philly. Hey, John. John, what's your beef? It's John. Hey, John. Ah! That's not a good call. That's what I no. said, dude. You don't like that car. I don't like that car. Not a very good car. John. John. Hey, John. Hey, John. Did. Hey, John. How did you mishear John? 
I said, John, it's Philly. And you're like, it's John. And I could tell he had a beef because he was disdainful. We have a rule, John. Don't correct the host. It's not my rule. It's Alvin's rule. But especially don't correct the host, John, when I'm right, John. I said, John, let's go to Philly. And your response to me was, it's John. I don't know if you were correcting me or just embellishing the point of who you were. Either way, get to your beef next time. Wow, dude. Angry much? There's having beefs. It's not the belligerent segment. It's the beef segment. Dude, that dude that dude was angry. And now he's gone. Let's go to Utah. Rick in Utah. Hey, Rick, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. How you doing? Hey, um, my beef is with the new guy in our company. Um, he, he jumps in my, my delivery truck, and every time I get in there, he's moved the mirrors. And the bad part is the little douche nozzle moves the mirrors, and they're aiming at the side of the truck. Now, in my opinion, the side mirrors are put there so you can see what's in the lane next to you, not look at the side of your own vehicle. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my beef. It's a good beef. It's a great take. I mean, what is that douche nozzle thinking? Who needs to see the side of the vehicle? I, I just hate when people mess with the settings. Don't mess with the seat. Don't mess with the side view mirrors. Don't mess with the rear view mirror. Don't touch anything. If you do, make sure you leave it the way you found it. Don't mess with the air conditioning. Don't mess with the settings. I barely know how they work to begin with. I just know that they're set up the way I need them set up. And when you start messing with them, then I can't fix them. I agree with you, dude. Especially if you drive professionally, it must be so much worse. Let's go to Austin. Bart in Austin. Bart, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. True story. I was in a local express uh, Lou place getting my inspection sticker, and I heard your show, the beef section, last week on the radio, a little portable radio dude had. So I'm in the shop trying to listen, and this little manager kicks me out of his shop kicks my truck out, wouldn't inspect it, didn't talk smack to me. I never said a word, and I finally told him, you know, I finally called him out. And uh, needless to say, his uh, little radio went for a ride, and he's lucky he didn't get his ass whooped. I'm out. Rack him. What's the problem, man? I, I don't even understand the story. Like, there was somebody else who had a radio, so you were listening, and then the manager's like, oh, no, wait. Wait, did your manager just kind of identify with, oh, you're a Rome guy, so I'm not taking your business? You're right, dude. He is lucky he didn't get his ass kicked. I'm with you. Let's go to Petaluma. Hey, written beefers. Don't get all butthurt if I don't go to you. The callers are having a big day. A big, big day, and we're at 20 past. Petaluma. Steve. Steve, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. Thanks for the vine. My beef is all the people asking me, what am I grateful for? (laughs) Every time you ask me what I'm grateful for, guess what I have to think about? All the things I'm not grateful for. (laughs) How crappy my life is. How miserable my life is. And the next person that asks me that, I'm just going to remind myself, wow, 
I'm so grateful that I didn't knock out Uncle Jim for not letting me say grace at Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it was all fine till the end, which makes no sense really, but okay. Yeah, uh, when I do the reinvention project, gratitude is very important. In fact, I did a guest who I'm not going to air yet, and I can't remember. I had it in my prep, but he believes gratitude increases intelligence. There's a direct effect. My man, maybe if you were more grateful, you would be more intelligent, and you wouldn't have to threaten to knock me out for not saying grace. But then again, I'm not the guy who does grace at Thanksgiving. Somebody else will. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you clones. I'm grateful for the beef sponsorship. I'm grateful for not having any idea where the rest of this segment's going. There's only one way to find out. 1-800-636-8686. I'm grateful for the amazing state of Wisconsin. I have faith that whoever calls from that state is going to show up a certain way and represent. Mark in Wisco. Mark, what's your beef? My beef, Jimmy, is with the voicemail chick that we've all heard a billion times go on to her. The number you have dialed, yada, 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 yada. We've heard it. We know it. Show up, bitch, and fix me a turkey pot pie. Dude, come on. No. It started so well. We had five or six calls in a row that set the tone, and then it's come off the rails. Let me help you with something. The phrase, shut up, bitch, is not going to fly here. That's not all right with me. We're not doing that. Completely unacceptable. Not because it's not politically correct, but because it's completely unacceptable. Make your point without saying that. You can have a problem with her without saying that. Don't wreck it for the rest. Don't make me look bad. I just said the one thing I can trust is Wisconsin. And then I get that. We've had a run of bad calls. Can we snap the streak? Can we snap the streak or am I going to the written portion? One more shot. If this guy gets through it, then maybe we'll take another phone call. Maybe. Let's go to Mike in Provo. Mike, what's your beef? Happy Thanksgiving, Pimp. You too, dude. Hey, hey, my beef is with the bunghole who stacks 10 used beer cups at a sporting event, placing his current beer at the top. We all know you grabbed them from underneath uh, the empty seats next to you. Way to be a tough guy. But you're probably only two beers in. Come on, dude, get better than that. War dark meat, unwar Kyle Brandt creeping all over Vanna White. That was disgusting. I'm out. Mike and Provo. All right, I've had a written pee for two. Or are you going to walk it off on that, Tommy? Let's get some writtens in here. Sam in Grand Rapids. My beef is with my wife yesterday. I love you, babe, but you called me for no reason while I was streaming the show Right as Rome was reading my tweet, it cut into the stream one second before I got to hear him say, 
our boys' names. JPR, I have a beef with the NFL banning the throat slash because it's inappropriate, yet every time these guys move the chains, they go with the old finger sniff. How is that cool? Slider. Let's be honest. Anytime you see someone sniffing their fingers, there is no positive reason behind that. Way to stay classy, Shield. Well done, Jeff. At Wooden Laconic, my beef is with the secret Santa people in my office. This is not my deal, okay? Honestly, I like you enough to work with you every day, but not enough to spend 30 bucks on a few crappy presents. How's that grab you? Hashtag, what's your beef? Romy, my beef is with my wife. She can't and doesn't grocery shop. She can't and doesn't cook. Yet with all seriousness, she has the gall to ask, what are we bringing over for Thanksgiving? John in Omaha. Hey, Jim, I've got a beef with the engineers who designed the airplane seats recline feature and the jerks who use it to assault my knees, thus forcing me to play chopsticks against their seats. Hey, pal, when you place your seat in my lap, you're asking me to cough or sneeze on the back of your head. Thank you for working the short week, Romy. Happy Thanksgiving. Charles in Houston. Jim, my beef is with my lady and the hand towels that she cycles through our kitchen to match a seasonal theme. They're absolute ass. It's like drying your hands on a t-shirt. If you want me to bust my ass in the kitchen all day because your Aunt Margaret's stuffing is like eating sandpaper, then give me something with substance. Andrew in Oregon. I like it. Romy, my beef is with the clones criticizing the Jardians lady. I sat in my deer stand re-watching that commercial dozens of times. That luscious dancing doll is a Wisco 11. Do you have access to an actor directory? If so, can you send me her digits so I can shoot my shot and show her why I have a heavyweight wrestling title belt? War me lowering my A1C while raising something else. Come on! Mike in Southeast Wisco. Come on! I broke my own rule. I allowed a JN blast. That's amazing. I have touched you, <laughs> Wow, dude. Way to redeem yourself, Wisco. Great job, Mike. Hey, Jim. After last week's produce beef, I have another one. What is it with the turtle wax they gloss the apples and peppers with? I'm not using that apple as a mirror. Stop trying to sell me apple-flavored crayons. For the love of God, stop it. Thanks, Bert, in the City of Salt. You know what, Bert? You have a brand, and it's improving. I like that one, actually. At he's a Dadonis writes, my beef is with anyone who has a problem with bring your kid to school day, and I was one of those people until yesterday. 
Rogan Loam was amazing. And as a father of two boys as well, it may have gotten me a little dusty. I appreciate that, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. It got me a little dusty, too. And it would not have earlier in my life, but it did yesterday. But then both dudes get me a little dusty. They're great dudes. I had an uncle once. Up in NoCal, in fact. Up in Frisco. And he was kind of uncle that if he knew that I said I had an uncle in Frisco, he'd probably knock my ass out for saying that he was an uncle in Frisco. Because everybody in Frisco wants to fight. That's a reason to go. But my uncle in Frisco had a couple of kids, a couple of dudes and a daughter. I went to college with his daughter, great gal, and I did not go to school with his sons. But they're really good dudes. They're still really good dudes. And Uncle Don would say, man, there are a couple of great dudes to have a drink with. There are a couple of great boys to have a pop with. And I remember always being envious when I was growing up. Like, I hope my boys grow up and I say the same thing. There are a couple of great dudes to have a pop with. Well, they are. They will be when Lokes is of age. Welcome to the jungle. A very good Monday to you. All right, so we got a short week, as you know. So what that means to you is you don't want to waste any time. You want to get right at it. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I didn't think that I would say this anytime. Well, ever. Frankly, here it is. Wait for it. Coming in three, two, one. Broncos country. Let's ride. Touchdown, Denver. I don't think anybody expected anything short of the Peyton potato relationship implosion. In Broncos country. Let's rock. Andrew Whitworth. I think you look at Sean Payton. I mean, obviously a guy who's been successful in this league as a head coach. And you look at them getting their face peeled off against the Dolphins. You're starting to see, uh-oh, maybe we should listen to coach. You can stop asking that question, okay? We just found a way to lose another close game. We're thought to be a defensive guru. Yet your defenses have been horrible. That's why they keep asking that question. So you don't have to ask that again. Stop taking it out on the people asking the questions. Barry Sanders. Jim, I think for me, it was always forward. I always felt pretty content with it. It's not something I ever really regretted. I was always kind of grateful for the 10 years that I had. Of course, they could have been better. Watch that. Oh, oh dear. How do you expect this guy to stand in the pocket with people coming at him under fire, go through his progressions, and make a throw? Yet he can't get on the field without falling? Oh, dear. Head, you won the weekend with your NFL picks. Congrats. How you feeling today? Life is good, baby boy. Baby boy! <laughs> it's the best ever. Email hate it when the energy powder makes you puke. Sign Chris Forster. What you call energy powder, I call Bolivian marching powder. If Jerry Jones can let Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor, you can let me back in the jungle. See, Wells, this is why you're banned. December the 30th, 1923. Unless you can invent a time machine, bro, and I'll let you back in. The cat crap massacre. Crap smeared all over the floor. She's like, oh, I know. What do you think I do every morning when you're in the office? I thought about burning the house down rather than trying to clean it. It would have been easier. Blake Cashman, we've talked so much on this show. Everybody has about C.J. Stroud. You know, he stays very level-headed, but has that confidence and swagger that you need in in a great quarterback. But he's just a guy that gets it. Down the middle, he's got him! 
Bam! Over the shoulder, drop! Damn. If you can't catch a freaking football, it is safe to say that your defense is better than your offense. Bruce Cassidy. The Raiders are doing well. I think we've sold out every game. So a lot of sports fans here that are, are willing to, you know, put their money on their local team. If you're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not Matt Nova Scotia. Steeler fan probably wants to hang a banner at Heinz Field and have a parade right now. They're probably like, cancel the rest of the season. We've already accomplished the ultimate goal. Logs, what's good? How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Pops. What's up, clones? Great to finally see you guys. Have the clones worked their way back to you? Because they can and they will find you. I've checked my DMs a few times and there are at least a, a few random middle-aged people in there. And I'm like, oh, these gotta be clones. But I usually leave them on red. You met the big head, James Kelly. He was saying something about the 50-yard line. I didn't know if he meant the football field or halfway up his forehead. He had one of those gallon hats on, so yeah, I couldn't really see it all. What? is the rat family oh the rat family it's a collection of people who tend to look like rats so you got the most important one right <laughs> ask rogan loam who his favorite member of the rat family is chris taylor on the dodgers what i got a question for you rugs what's up have you ever heard of toby and houston no 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 dean already answer that he tried <laughs> to hook you dude ken and their motto is we cheat the other guy and pass the savings on to you i go if you think the owners are going to save millions and millions of dollars on rookie wages and just willy-nilly pass them to the veterans? You guys are stupider than I think. Now you big as hell in person. Me? If I didn't know any better, I would say this is just one big troll. If not, another awesome moment, Reek. Michael Lombardi joining us. How are we managing the game? How are we protecting the players? Sam Howell's going to go down to Dallas and he's going to try to throw it 40 times. You want Micah Parsons coming after you 40 times a game? I don't think so. Eli Drinkwitz. Always good to be on in the jungle. You mentioned the thicker kicker. At 243. Well, 243, that being real generous, okay? I mean, he's well over 250. Happy Thanksgiving. I got beef, bro. Desperate-looking dudes trying to get some with their 87 cents to the NFL. Stop! My eyes! My eyes! John, what's your beef? It's John. Hey, that's what I said, dude. Like, how long is it? Hey, watch that camera, dude. Where's the camera? We're not urinating on the fire, man. See you in 1923. 1923. Ken. So we're clear. Great Senior Jim. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bleep you all. M-I-Z. That's on the internet. Hope to see you guys again. And, and yeah, good to see you, Pops. Are you leaving? Yeah. I love you, Pops. Good night now. Good night now.